Hello, welcome to Defy the Norm. I think we are on episode 109. And today we are doing a very cool cornerstone uh, episode called Write Your Own Superhero Story that I think is gonna be, uh, lay the foundation hopefully for years from now when you are absolutely embodying your most authentic, most awesome, most exciting self you're going to reach out to me and say, oh my goodness, Robin, Victor, thank you so much for this podcast episode because I now see what it is that's been holding me back all this time and it was so easy. It was just a matter of writing your own superhero story. Yeah, and it's that goddamn what, Tico, that's de derailing you, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, so, you know, we have uh, Gabby, Isabel, and I, I mean, Victor's over there a little bit too, He's coming over more and more and bringing him, bringing him over to Be The Hero Academy. But we have this Be The Hero Academy. And the foundation of it is to, you know, be the hero of your own story. To not be a victim to anything. That you can create any reality you want. But it takes work because, you know, like Victor said, with Tico or you're basically how your brain is set up. It keeps you in this victim mindset and nobody wants to admit that nobody wants to be like oh my gosh i'm such a victim you know and there's a famous line behind that from carl jung that resonates as robin mentioned that is like we spent the first part of our life developing a healthy ego and the second part of our life learning to let that ego go yeah i forgot about that quote yeah it's it's really um i think the 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 first part of it you know <laughs> It's something that at first uh, I didn't really actively, I never actively went out and said, you know what? I feel like such a victim. I'm going to be a creator today and I'm just going to go rewrite my story because it didn't work out that way for me. Part of that just happens to be my Enneagram. Part of it's that I just happened to marry this most amazing person. There's so many things. You point the direction and I will kick his ass. <laughs> There's all these things that just happened to play out that made my story kind of fall into place in a different way than I think most people's. But overall, I had this ability to look, to sit back and evaluate my life and go, you know, I don't like this part and then a willingness to change it. But for most people, you can't help, and for a long time I was there too, to be on autopilot right? You just move through life. You don't think you're writing a story. You're just on autopilot, don't you think? Yeah, we are naturally habitual creatures. Think about how you get out of bed, use the bathroom, put on your shoes, brush your teeth, and move on through your day. Now, even within the context of living a full-time RV life, you can develop and be stuck in these habits. And by definition, you stay in these habits, you are going to be the same person. So if you're trying to change the trajectory of your life and habitually are still the same old person, you're going to get this conflict, right? Absolutely. The whole premise behind it is that uh, when when you go through the same patterns, your, your brain just starts thinking from past emotion. So if you, um, you might have a new conflict at work or uh, a new soccer coach that's difficult to deal with for your kid's soccer team or whatever it is, it's, it seems like something new, but it puts you in the same state of mind as your past, the same emotional frequency. And so you don't ever really change. Nothing much 
you might get your head above water for a few seconds, but it's not the same. And so what you have to think about is like in your actual story, uh, I think what I was starting to talk about was that through through our change and through creating these businesses and brands of nomads and be the hero. And even when I wrote A Playful Life, I had to tell my story so often because it was so dramatic. You know, it was a big deal because I would get, um, you know, we were kind of black sheep, sheep for changing. Like we changed the story, you know, generations um, value their culture because of lack of change. A lot of cultures built around habits, rituals, traditions and when you break that that can be um a negative thing and so people so it becomes a story right we don't have as much story when it's like every christmas looks the same every holiday is the same every birthday is the same all these you know you only go on a vacation once a week to hawaii and that's the story of your life but when it once changed, a, by the way once a year oh, to sorry. hawaii but once a week is a whole different oh, thing sorry. <laughs> thanks this is why you keep me here's the best editor no. that was awesome <laughs> Verbally I love it. And actually that was that was, that was freudian right there what's a Tasha week in hawaii keeps asking us, like when are we going back you know we had trip this is gonna be great we'll go on some tangents Tati and i had uh we had trips for hawaii in fact, it was last August we were in Lander, and I was like, oh, I really want to go to Hawaii. And then we get to San Diego, and I'm like, you know what? I don't really want to go to Hawaii now. And so we, we were able to just cancel or save the flights. But Tati goes, are we ever? So now I have Tati editing some vlogs. Yeah. The Hawaii vlog. It's a family affair, guys. <laughs> She's editing the Maui one, and she didn't go with us when we went in 2020 to Maui. And she's like... I want to go. What are we going? Okay, so maybe that was Freudian that I'm supposed to book a trip to Maui. Once a week, apparently. Once a week. <laughs> I love it. It's your favorite place. Yeah, well, well, it was definitely, to. you know, one of the things about Hawaii, side note, is that it has um, it has some healing properties. Uh, the vibration, The vibration of each island is a little bit different. And if you've ever been there, it can be extremely powerful. But one of the things that I... I myself encountered and I encounter with people that go there is they get finally get this detachment. They get away, right? You get away so that you can connect. And all of a sudden, a strange things happen th- strange things happen when you start disconnecting from work. You get three or four days, you spend three or four days untangling your rope only to realize like, where's this rope going? And the wheels fall off again. People get a little anxious because they're so used to running on the hormones of stress and that finally shifts. And by the time, if you're on a one-week trip to Hawaii, you get about five days in. You're like, wait a second. I finally connected. I can't ready, wait to go back. That I'm used to ready. happen to us so much. I That's remember. what we had. We were doing one-week trips and Victor wouldn't relax until day five. So then like, eventually, probably about when Jariah was born, yeah. uh, we started only doing two-week trips. But to be honest... This sounds like I know. Everyone insert extreme eye roll right now. But I'm writing some stories about our past um, initial trips. Like it was like a three-week trip to Colorado. And I'll start to write blogs. And I have to write, you know, seven-day trip to the Tetons or Mount Rushmore. And I go, who can go for only two weeks? Like two weeks is not enough time. You need like three weeks to go places. You need like... A month. Like well, you know, the, the reality what you're touching on is like, oh, it must be so nice. But what we're talking about is time as a construct anyway. And what we're talking about is the ability for you guys to experience the healing properties that travel has done for us. 
And sometimes being in a new place, everyone heals, everyone takes in stimulus, everyone is experiencing some of that. And when you have time in any particular place, you can really soak it in and take in those properties of being uh, outside, right? I think yeah. that's what really you're, you're touching in on. And it's, it's sad just because it's normal doesn't mean it's absolutely normal to be like, get, oh, I'll have a weekend to go flying and do this thing. Like, well, that, that sucks. It's better than nothing. But to get that full expression, you definitely need to make time. And I did a blogger, uh, I'm sorry, a, a podcast about giving the, yourself the time to heal. That's the one of the toughest parts to navigate. And actually, one of the toughest parts to navigate is we get into this story, right? Time. No one wants, everyone wants it now, ahorita, andale. Right? Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, I was saying when, when I was first starting blogging and everything, uh, and you have to make you know, marketing pages, sales pages, landing pages, you're always telling your story. And it was really easy because I felt very in touch with my story. I was this, then I felt this, so I became this. And, I, and it, there's so many for me, over and over. I felt like this, then I decided, okay, I'm gonna test the waters in this way and see how that feels. And okay, this feels good, so now I'm gonna do this. And there's this constant, I was, I am. I was, I am, and over and over and over again. But it didn't come so natural to you, right? Because in Be the Hero, we talk a lot about, like, you need to write your hero story, you need to write your hero's journey, you need to say, you have to write out what, um, what the past was so like for you victor when when we talk about and it's hard to go here it's because like where do i start and it's like well yeah. you could easily start with like okay i was a kid and this abuse happened and then i was um a teenager and then i had to have all this responsibility of my kids and then i was um i discovered weights and then i you know all of a sudden felt felt my sense of self and we can go into all those but we tend to to start it with the adrenal fatigue it's yeah, so going back to what Robin was just earlier talking about is that you have to have well you're having we're talking about having the space, right? And and the reflective property. And at that point when I was in my mid thirties, I thought I was actually quite connected to my physical being. But the reality is I had thrown this this beautiful compensatory tool of working out as as a way to deal with essentially emotional baggage I didn't want to deal with. I threw being strong into feeling essentially weak uh, on some level. And it drove me to higher levels of stress along with everything else that was in my life to, to the point that I was really struggling. Like what is going on with my body? And I wasn't, I was in my body, but I wasn't actually in it. There was many layers like an onion that I think I could identify. And I was simply living on the outside. Oh, that, oh, this feels good. This exercise feels good. It makes me feel invigorated and strong. But it wasn't listening to what was going on, potentially on a deeper level. And having that communication with that deeper level, that deeper level of the subconscious, the deeper level of pain, the deeper level of programming, the deeper level of understanding what's going on inside you doesn't happen overnight. And every day you discover new layers to yourself to the point where you can start to finally go, oh, this is what's happening. I am now being aware of it. And let me see if I can get my head above water. And that's what adrenal, my adrenal fatigue in my mid-30s was about. And I, I think we did a whole, a whole podcast on that. So. so what happens, though, is that it's not natural for people to pick apart 
their their story. And I mean, there's definitely the benefit of daily journaling, but it's not from, I was, let's say, I was a student in college too. I am now an employee. It's not what you're doing in your physical reality or I was a um, marathon runner and now I'm a triathlete. Those are all great. Those are all parts of it, but it's more about like understanding the transition in your emotional kosha along the way. Like I was as in terms of, I felt I had this belief I needed to prove there's there's a belief system happening in the hero's journey that we become um unmindful of really but we i for me i was achievement oriented i needed to be the best i had to have my house perfectly clean i needed to be to to do the best job that I could do in homeschooling my kids so that I felt like they were the smartest. I remember like wearing this badge of pride that my kids were only like 11 years old and halfway through high school math. Like that was important to me. Not to say, you know, a bad thing, but you ask me now, I don't even teach math to any of my other, to my younger kids because I find it because I changed. I was I believe something then, now I'm something different. I believe something different now. So just noticing your own story and realizing that just because other people's story is different doesn't make your story better or worse. What's the whole point of it is your story getting you to the destination that matters the most to you. For me, my kid, there was a point where I was like, wait, I don't even want my kids to go to college, let alone to like get into Harvard and Yale. Why do I care that they that they're so good at algebra. And then I go, oh wait, it's not because I care that they're good at algebra. I care that they're thinkers and that they're capable. Therefore, wait, we could just go engage in life and problem solve in the real world and they could still be capable thinkers, problem solvers. And in in fact, I don't have to make them cry when they do math too slow because it was really hard for me how slow math was for some of them that I could be like, oh, we could just do it on things that you guys are passionate about. Let's pick what you like. But that's a side note. That doesn't matter. What matters is that your story is more of an emotional journey or a realization of what belief systems are holding you back. And then you get to strip away like, oh, I don't need that belief anymore. Let me toss that in the trash. So for you, you you finish, you fixed adrenal fatigue from a physical standpoint, very you know, relatively quick, two years. I don't think it was quick. Years. Relatively fast, but then eight years later, you're sitting up in Polson having a different realization that there was a greater depth. So when um, when the the scamdemic went down and we we're all like getting out of dive, got out of San Diego, I had some time to reflect on. When we were in Polson, we had more time, and and I jumped wholeheartedly into um, doing yoga with the family. And at first, like I always thought, yoga was really just about well, let me see how, let me see if I can be the best at yoga, <laughs> the most flexible. the most flexible, hold these advanced poses. Um, and and then something happened with over time, with that was also the time that I was trying to do some meditation as well with the family, and something clicked one day. And I started to realize that there were deeper level levels of myself. I was like, basically like, wow, I'm a person having all of these experiences. And you know what? What let me let me just scratch at the surface and figure out what the what's going on 
on a deeper level that I haven't. And the big reason is to create space because I was not happy with the, essentially the grumpy bastard that I had become. <laughs> and it was just creating so much conflict with my kids. I, I went from fe feeling like I was completely connected with them in their youth to this range when we started traveling more. It was like, I am here 100% of the time, but I am technically somewhere else. <laughs> I, am, I am technically like aloof, lost, disconnected. I, that was essentially putting me in, we can get into that on another podcast, that aloof, aloof uh, trigger, that aloof safety mechanism that protects the brain and where it started. But when I was there, I really got into in touch with a little bit more like, ooh, what's, there's someone, something else going on. That's basically it, yeah. right? And then over the, you know, I mean, we're talking, she's, if we're writing a book, you would have had like, like it'd been a Harry Potter series through all of that. There would have been like seven books made in that process. Don't you think? I feel like from, I feel like from the time we went to Polson, that was 2020, it's 2020, yeah. that was two and a half years. I feel like you could have written seven books and it was Except really that I don't write, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> you could have dictated seven books. Oh yeah, yeah. And I feel like. It was, it was really hard because I wanted, like, Voldemort to just be killed already. Like, I just wanted the destination. Can we just get to the destination? This is the result that I'm looking for. And it was so hard for me because I'd sit there and be like, oh, you're not doing the work. You're not doing the work. And you're like, I am doing the work. I'm getting better. I'm not the same person. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. You're not the same person. But you're not, like... I mean, you're not like as grumpy, but you're still kind of grumpy. Like there's this whole gray area that was so hard. And I admit, I mean, it's put it out there. Like I was wrong for not like acknowledging the better. But really what we want to talk about today in our long-winded intro is that, <laughs> is that really what I see happen is like we, we both failed each other on multiple fronts. But what we did do right was that we continued to communicate it we continued to to create space and pause and go okay what is it that we're really what's the belief that's really dri driving this dialogue what do we really want and why can't we why can't we achieve that and so i recognize i'm like yeah you know what better is better it is better it's hard for someone like me to who who totally loves the journey but it's like okay can we just get to the destination ever so often and to get to this point where it, where we're finally getting really 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 close to the to that destination in in the end for us everyone's journey is different but in the end for us it was a function of what do you want being able to script out the future because and that's the superhero and that's a superhero story really is what you have to focus enough on that positive future image on yourself and it all starts for me consistently going to the feeling that I want to create for the future because it's so blurry if you close off your eyes and go okay I want you to imagine the most do this with me if you're listening to this close off your eyes and like imagine the most delicious cake that you could ever consume what flavor is it all right um, now imagine the icing that you want, the most delicious icing. What color is it? What flavor is that? And imagine the most amazing topping that you can have on it. What is it? And go ahead and open your eyes. Now, 
Probably an easy task for most people. But somewhat. Maybe not Robin. She's like, oh, you started with cake. I don't really like cake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, you start off with... You, you start off with something sticky, something that does that you can have some clarity or you start off with the feeling and start to forecast. I want to create this kind of feeling. And then you have to go from there because the better I was stuck at better consistently with better, but th- didn't focus so much on focusing like, OK, what do I see myself? Uh, and I do this when I prompt other people's meditations and journeys like focus on the ride. What are you driving when you go to work? OK, get out of the car. What are you wearing? See a reflection and as you walk up to the door, what do you look like? Okay, you walk in the door, who are the people there? And, it, and you, if you can't visualize that, you start off with the feeling. Okay, what, what's it going to feel like when you work? What do you want to create? And then you start to get clarity by focusing on bringing your attention to third eye and starting to paint pictures like with markers or with, with, with uh, watercolors or oil paints or spray cans, whatever that is. To get you beyond the better, because better is cool, but, and I'll share this story because I had a very good friend and client who, when I first started, had a sweet tooth, and he would just um, eat icing, because he's like, it was the cheapest thing, and he got a sweet tooth, and I'm like, that's cool, but don't, don't you value yourself enough to, like, actually enjoy what you're consuming, um, or maybe you should not eat all those chemicals, and eventually got to the point where he's consuming actual sweets. And then eventually it was like, hey, that was better. But we, you can't just stop at that. Now he was eating a Snickers bar. Is, is, yeah, that's better. <laughs> but is that where you want to be? So forecasting forward into specific desire with clarity is really what the story is all about. And it's... I'll add in something. So it's kind of like this. I want to imagine that you've got... Somebody gave you an oatmeal raisin cookie. Yum. Well, One of my good. favorite. Does it have but chocolate in it? I think most people are handed this cookie, whether you like it or not. Get this cookie and then you just look at like, oh, and then you just want to pick out the things you don't like. Instead of like looking at life and walking into the kitchen and being like, you know what? I have a well-stocked kitchen. I can make whatever sweet I want. People treat life as if somebody handed them this oatmeal raisin walnut cookie and they're sitting there picking out like ah, I just don't like raisins and they're sitting there picking out the raisins and then the next day but you know what walnuts ah, they get in my teeth kind of make my tongue feel funny I just don't like that and they spend so much time mm, saying yeah. what they don't want what they don't like but never stopping and saying like you know what I can pick whatever sweet I want I'm walking into this kitchen and I'm going to choose to make my own Dessert. I don't care. It doesn't even have to be a cookie. Yeah, I think another way to think about that is if you're using if and when or you're making deals with yourself, um, that's a good sign you're keeping yourself stuck. Yeah. Or we say you're moving the goalpost back. And I talked to someone today who's like, man, I don't even think she's she's playing the ball. We're not even... Moving the goalpost back? We're not even kicking the field goal. Like, we're we're not even playing. Let's pause. Let me just so that I have to... You make sure I keep uh, adding my two cents or, or uh, affirming and showing gratitude towards my husband. Because I will say, he never, like as high as my desires and expectations are, he never stops playing the game. And I always appreciate that. And he plays the game from such a place of patience. But let's bring it, let's, let's go. Three into- yards in a cloud of dust, guys. <laughs> let's get, um, 
the there's a lot to be said for just choosing to play the game um, within the rule book. There's another thing if you're like a football player who keeps trying to play baseball. <laughs> like sometimes there's like you're just on the wrong playing field and that's okay. But it comes down to being just intentional first for that. Like what am I am I on the right playing field? Mm. Like do, do we do we both want the same game because you and I end up in those type of conversations a lot through our travels and through our chosen lifestyles. In a way, so I do give Victor um a lot of respect for the fact that he is so patient. However, sometimes we come, the dialogue goes to like, like I'm trying to play football here. Like, hey, you want to be a receiver? You want to be the head coach? You want you want to be quarterback right yeah, now? What do you want to play? And he he's he's like, well, I don't know what I want. And if you say I don't know, you may as well say that that's that's a non-answer. Like to me, that's off off limits. You're not allowed to say I don't know. You have to at least choose because it's the same thing as the person who's picking out raisins and walnuts and saying, like, I just don't like that. And you're like, hey, okay, what do you want? Oh, I don't know. Well, don't complain about my cookie that I handed you. Yeah. You don't know what you want. And that's a, a bad, that's a, def, it's our parents' fault, everybody's parents' fault. It's society's fault that that's what got us to be victims to begin with is that we were told, well, you can't pick, you don't get a choice. And, and it's want. not true. It's, a, it's just a lie we've been told. Yeah, and, and this is crossing over this superhero story to then now essentially bringing that into a relationship where you can essentially come, come into a contract renegotiation like, hey, this is my story. This is what I envision for myself. These are the things that I enjoy. This is what's important. These are my values. And let me check yours out and right. see where we align. That it, we went to pre-Cana. Do you remember pre-Cana? It was a joke. Pre-Cana yeah. was like, we got married in the Catholic Church, which like we kind of regret in the end because we should have saved that money and gone to Tahiti then. <laughs> um, but um, we did these, they, had, they require you to do six weeks, six weeks, I think, of classes. Anyway, some of, most of it was, they were nice people. I, sure. And they were giving their free volunteer time to try to help couples, but they weren't teaching strategies associated with this. Like, bring it out. Like, just get it out there. Like, all right, what are your... What are your values? What are your values? All right, compare. All right, you're going to have conf conflict here. It, that would have been real easy. So if you're write out your story, then go into your contract negotiation uh, with your with your partner, especially if you're having some friction, and figure out where like, oh, you know, we're not aligned here. And figure out a plan to be aligned, right? I yeah. Think Almost always when you start writing them out, they still come down to um, it's really hard uh, empathize with you if you go to do this exercise how hard it is to actually um pick your intrins intrinsic internal values because and to stay true to them because we're so ingrained in fear that almost all of the things that we say we value that we don't do really are because of an external fear so um can i can i use one of one of your words up there? sure okay so one of the ones, um, and I'll try to think of one of mine when I go, but so one of the things is I say, Victor often likes the idea of feeling special or important and we could use successful, whatever, any of those words. Um, but because he's not the loudest person in the room, sometimes it's hard to, 
it's hard to do the things that you'd have to intrinsically do, the intrinsic values and the intrinsic work ethic in order to, to make that happen for yourself. And so what happens is because if there's an underlying fear of uh, judgment, a little bit of uh, programming of fear of failure, and definitely not underlying, overlying, <laughs> can you use the word loeva? Like a fear of like, oh, it's just too much work. That's what he was told all his life. Like, like it's too much work. Like, let's just, let's choose the easy way. And a lot of times that it's, um, all I am now, I thought of just mine too with that. I end up on the polar opposite. Um, but so because of that, there's this, there's this dialogue going on. Like, I want to be seen. I want to feel special. I want to be important. I want to be successful, but like subconsciously, oh, well, don't take a risk. Don't be too loud. Don't rock the boat. Hey, take it easy. It's Sunday. And so we end up in these conflicts, we as human beings. Myself, I feel like I'm on the opposite end of it, where I had the programming that you have to work so hard and struggle and self-sacrifice and don't spend money. You better be frugal. Like my, I'm spending so much time and effort helping to my kids undo the money mindset that I gave to them inadvertently because... There was this idea of like, you just have to be, you have to be the strongest, the smartest, the hardest working person. If you're not sweating, you're not going to achieve success and security and all these things. And it's like, for me, I have to walk through my day going like my, the amount of money and success and achievement I get has nothing to do with how many hours I stare at a computer. Like I can get cut myself some slack because what ends up happening is I end up doing so much that I do almost nothing <laughs> some days where when I finish my meditation, I'll wake up and go, you know what? This is like, to be a different person is I only do one task today. True. I'm not going to try to do a hundred. And maybe for you, you wake up and go like, oh, I'm actually going to get a task done that like moves the needle forward. I'm not, yeah. For me, the biggest thing is like, I don't need to be, have ev every answer. I don't need to be perfect to all create. I don't need all the information to go. Um, just create something that's going to help someone else. Just go. You have your one step ahead. Help. Help. And I have to literally say it verbally, just like I'm doing it, oftentimes staring in the mirror to be to be like, people want it from you. People want it from you. People want it from you. Um, because everyone, people make connections with people every day. And we hear lots of different stories. We used to coach. We coached gymnastics for 20 years. You would teach a back handspring. Um, the, relatively, the mechanics are the same. But you had to deliver the coaching to that student completely different sometimes and say it 100 different ways before something clicked. And sometimes they'd actually learn it from Victor and it would drive me crazy because I'm such a better coach. I was like, I just don't understand. I'm saying it the, this better way in my head. My head's telling me like this, that stupid ego is like, like he doesn't do the gymnastics. He's not telling me. And then they would like, I'd be gone for a week and they'd learn it. And I'm like, oh, I guess there's more than one way to teach a back handspring. And it was so eye opening to like learn that lesson firsthand in something simple and they go, well, I bet there's a whole lot of different ways. I've, I've talked about it with homeschooling. There are a lot of different ways that Victor would teach it. And if anything, I think with coaching, I've learned to embody so much more of how he does things than what I think is like, because it still comes back to like, but we got to get better is not just better. We got to get to the end result. And I'm like, no, no, no. We can, you know what? Better can be better today. That's okay. And it really took me believing in 
the fact that I go, you know, anything that I've believed that I'm worthy of, I've achieved. Everything, like the places we've gone, I mean, really, like it really hit home for me being in this house in Lander for this month and going like, man, I saw it with my mind's eye a year ago or whatever, six months ago, and I knew exactly how I was gonna feel, and we made it happen, and it feels exactly what I wanted to. I can think back to when we stepped off the plane in Norway. I can think about um, like everywhere we've gone. So oh, when I crossed into Alaska, like taking a picture in front of the sign, so many things that I could see ahead of time, like, oh, this is gonna be so great when blank. Like I can see when Victor and I are on a stage together with this massive audience in front of us doing this presentation and be like, man, I know exactly what it's going to feel like. And because of that, you start writing that story. You write that next story. You're not picking walnuts out of your your um, cookie. Instead, and you, maybe you're making a chocolate cake. I like chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. It's just on my first pick. After a nice IPA, I love chocolate cake. Yeah. But, with my IPA, guys. <laughs> but you're, 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 you're being intentional. So... I wanted to finish with talking about like, or having you ask yourself this question, like who's keeping you stuck picking walnuts out of your cookie? Who's keeping you stuck just slightly modifying each chapter of your story? Yeah, you know, maybe you had a great year and you made $10,000 more, or you know, maybe you didn't go to Hawaii and you went to Cancun instead this year. You know, you may, your story's not exactly the same chapter to chapter, but the question is, and this is what I asked Victor over and over, Are you writing the chapter that if you were on your deathbed, you would be happy that that was the chapter in your story? Because to me, that's the only chapter I want to write. If I'm not at the end of my life and I don't go like, oh man, I really wish I had tried writing this one chapter, then that's going to bother me. And, you know, everyone's chapters are going to be different, but you have to be intentional and be like, shoot, life goes by fast. I should probably start writing that chapter that I really want to write next. Yeah, I mean, that was was deep. You got me. You got my wheels turning with that because because it's it's so important to take action today, guys. If we can leave you with any inspiration is that you are capable of whatever you can envision. But it needs to start with that vision of the future and the feeling that you want to create. Feel that in your physical body so that it starts to rewire your brain. Draw that to you. Yeah, and remember, that's what we teach in Be The Hero Academy, and that's what Victor and I do one-on-one with people. So if you need help being able to draw that vision out of your subconscious and bring it to the conscious mind, we can help you. Yep, thanks for joining us. Until next time, be well.